big rocks and all that sort of thing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another terrific episode of the podcast with me old meat. Johnny Anarchy in the UK hot. I've just seen you give me a Get Your Rocks Off mug. I have. And it's merchandise. It says Get Your Rocks Off with Mick Wall. That's right. That's right, John. That's yeah. it. doesn't say anything else. Well, you know, um, it, it, it's like we're footballers. Uh, and one day, it's like I'm Ronaldo. Yeah. And, and, and you're... Um, when they list the Manchester United team, they don't just put Ronaldo, do they? They put the other blokes that are playing. Yes. Well, you're other blokes. They, they so are. you're other blokes. You know, what's his name? The goalie? <laughs> De Gea. <laughs> De Gea. <laughs> Always plucking it out the net, that guy. Wow. 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 Okay, so um, uh, we're going to crack on with a... Uh, a special. A, well, they're all special, John. Yeah. But you're listen. special. Yeah. I'm special. Everyone is these days. They're no, just, just you and me. No, no, just the you. emphasis on the they, in case I offend anyone. <laughs> how do you? I've always been curious, actually. How do you identify? I'm, I'm a uh, she, her, him, them, they. Are you all over it? Are mate. you? I'm, yeah. I'm all over it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a shit, tit, git, yeah. hit. Yeah, uh, that's how I identify. Yeah. And we mustn't make too much fun because there's no laughing allowed. <laughs> Okay. It's no laughing matter. There's no laughing gender matter. Gender fluidity. That's right. I knew a few gender fluid <laughs> back in the day, mate. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What, that club you used to go to? <laughs> yeah. West Hollywood, it was called. <laughs> right. Now, listen, since we did our last uh, pod, I believe they're called, um, we had a very good reaction, uh, strangely. I've had loads of people That's sending you, you in... You get one person on Twitter going, oh, it's nice to see me. I've had the most amazing reaction That's to my right. work. That's right. Well, you see, you, you don't phone see... your agent. You don't see all the... He doesn't pick up. You're talking to his answer machine. You don't I've had see... the most amazing reaction. You don't see all the uh, messages I get of goodwill yeah. from around the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, I've see. seen them before, yeah. Well, Sprayed on walls. Axel Rose on stage wiping his... <laughs> backside with the pages of Koran that's right Wembley Stadium in, in joyous tribute joyous tribute that to... you told him was my work because <laughs> oh, you were was, trying to, cause you were trying to get you, you were trying to get yourself off the hook with no 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 he rang me yeah, to, because said, of a story he rang you he said you he wrote said, he rang you he said guns or knives and your reply wasn't it wasn't gun it wasn't knife it was oh I don't think it was me that wrote that no, no, you, you, you're, you're poor. You're like, like a, a dinosaur brain that's been reactivated yeah. in the 21st century. You've got, you've got, you're hitting the right notes. It's not necessarily in the right order. Yeah, yeah. 
he rang me at about the midnight, 1am, to say, I've just been reading this story in Kerrang, which was the story you wrote <laughs> about Vince Neil and Izzy, or Vince Neil punched Izzy, or... He did. Vin no, no, I know he did. punched him. But that was... Ah, oh, yes. Or so, so Axel said, and then Axel did his thing where he had to be held back by the security yeah, guards. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that, yeah. Because yeah. Vince Neil, he's not at all tough. Yeah. He Vin didn't grow up a poor Vince, Mexican yeah, kid Vince in the barrios of L.A. taken, you know, it's like all those... Uh, those rappers who do YouTube fights now, where they go, I'll fight you all on the same night. Vince would have fought all of Guns oh, yeah. N' Roses on the same and night and beat won the shit quite out of them. easily. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Motley Crue were tough, yeah. tough motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, Nicky Six um, used to but box. He was, yeah, but he was quite stoned. I mean, he was quite what? stoned on heroin. It was heroin. People on heroin haven't, you know, they're not. <laughs> It's not. They're the not drug fully of, fit. It's not the drug of choice for. Are you say they're not boxers? They're not match fit. They're not. They're not, they're not fight, match fit. They're not fighting fit. You know, not in the literal sense of the word. Oh, well, Nicky, because he, they're he already the they're already quite a long way towards unconsciousness. <laughs> that well, that you, you raise an interesting point. In Nicky Six's case, he boxed before the band and the drugs. But the story I love is that um, when Iron Maiden were in L.A., uh, Nicky Six and Bruce Dickinson, I don't know how they got to this point, but Bruce took Nicky to a fencing club and gave him a lesson in fencing. In L.A., there's a yeah, fencing club. Of course club, there is. It's there? probably full of, in West Hollywood, it's probably called The Fencing Club. Yeah, probably, yeah. And Bruce probably yeah. went in there with his parry and his thrust yeah. and came out he was a happier right, man. Old, he was all right, the old fencing, Bruce, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Semi-decent, as they yeah, say. Mind nothing, you, it's a nothing. small pool of people. How many people fence, you know? Well, mainly people that have been to public school yeah. is my my yeah. knowledge but so anyway so nikki says to, so bruce obviously you know belittles him on the fence in the fencing arena so nikki returns the favor and says well i'll take you boxing yeah <laughs> and and the idea obviously because bruce would be like yeah but you know he oh would, yeah because he, he can do anything that he would be he can do anything yeah. he can fly a plane he can fence he, he can, can write, write books novels <laughs> Really funny, interesting, yeah. brilliant novels. Yeah. Um, uh, so why shouldn't he be able to box? So uh, he turns up, and the, uh, and the idea, obviously, with anything, if you're showing a big, if you play chess, you allow the other person to make a mistake or two, you know, to, to show them how how you learn to play. Um, Nicky decides, no, fuck this guy. So he just goes out and beats the shit out of him in the boxing ring, and. Um, and then later that night, according to Nicky, his old lady. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he had a good day out with Bruce. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I don't know how we got onto that. But um, what I was going to say to you is people have been sending in little things they're interested in us talking about, John. I think they're particularly interested to get your take on certain <laughs> Yeah, things. well, they would be. Well, of course. Um uh, oh, okay. There, there's a few, but the first one that's popped up on my screen is uh, why is there still no tribute concert for Eddie Van Halen? It says here it's been coming. It's coming up for two years now. 
This also brings up the question of how some bands curate their legacy, which is a separate thing, but I do think quite we could mention well, the, something the first, about that. The first thing to say is all tribute concerts are unutterably terrible. Yes. And no one... Who wants to go and... Who's going to play? Who's going to play at the Eddie Van Halen tribute? Steve be, Vai? Yeah, exactly. It could be all the... All the people who aren't as good as Eddie Van Halen, say, who who sat in their bedroom going, oh yeah, you know, I, I can play Eruption or whatever, and they're all going to come out and play Eruption, and it's going to be unutterable. Are you saying we're going to have we're going to have and a whole you know, string of guitarists playing probably, Eruption? Probably Diamond Dave will probably turn up, but Sammy Hagar won't. You know, it'll be because there'll be some kind of argument between the two parties. So. Half the people that you actually want to be there won't right, be there. Right. All the people that you don't want to be there will be there desperately trying to get out there on stage to do their thing. And I'll tell you what would happen is Dave and Sammy would have such an uh, uh, noises-off argument about who goes on first. Well, if he's doing it, I'm not doing it. Exactly, yeah. ne- 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 be- Neither one of them will go. Yeah. And that opens the door to Gary Sharon, who I'd forgotten about, but yes, he'll come back and do the whole set. Which so it'll be, be Gary Sharon. It'll be, you know, uh, what's that guy? His son, um, Wolf. Yeah, it'll be Wolf. Wolf, does, Wolf be, plays bass, though, doesn't he? Yeah. So, so that'd be a talk, bass so version get, of Eruption. You'll get, yeah. <laughs> should be a mo- Sorry, what? And then you get, you know, I don't know, all those guitarists who used to be on Shrapnel Records turning up. Would Ingvay be there? Kingvay would be there. Kingvay! Kingvay probably thinks he's better than Eddie Van Halen. He probably so, what? Let's yeah. be fair. No one's better than Kingvay. Because Kingvay had Joe Lynn Turner, so he might bring him along. You loved that, didn't you? That was one of your most favourite albums of all time. Five stars, King baby. Kingvay with Joe Lynn Turner. K- five Ks. Yeah, KKKK. What was that album even Extra called? K. It's called something like Heaven's Fire or something. Oh, like. yeah. got to be something like that. Heaven's on Fire. Yeah, something like or, that. Yeah, it or, had like a dragon, star on the, child in the night, dragon on the cover, or had a dragon on the cover. No, it would, be, it would call something like Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, I think it was. What did you say? Odyssey. Odyssey. Is that, is that a, a world it. from your orc, orc family? Odyssey. I just pronounced. Odyssey. I just pronounced. <laughs> Odyssey. Pr- There's a T-shirt. Odyssey. Say it again. Odyssey. Say it again. Go on, say it again. Go again. There's a T-shirt right now. John Joe Hotton Turner. says Odyssey. Joe Lee Turner's Odyssey, starring Ingvay. That's King what you Vay. like, Kingvay. No, 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 no. They, they had a. No, I, I know, I know where you. I think the album was called Odyssey. To put you out of your misery, <laughs> and I think the band was called Rising Force. They were called like Rising Force. That's right. They were because yeah, they were a rising they were force. A ri- still are probably. Well, I'm yeah. certainly a force. Yeah. Whether they're still rising. Yeah. Their age. Um, yes. So I think it would be Wolf doing a bass version and then you, and then of Eruption. Back. So, I mean, King let's Bay. be honest. Who, I mean, I'd watch it. Oh, you know who I they could get? You know watch. who they could get? The guy from White Lion. Because he loved Eddie Van Halen, didn't he? The guitarist. Oh, yeah. Brito. Vito. Vito. Vito Bratta. Vito Colleoni. But, but they all loved, they all loved Eddie. Yeah, but Eddie he was the copied man. Well, White Lion were like a, like a kit, like... You know when they had S Club 7 and then they had the S Club Kids or whatever they were called? That's what White Lion were like. They were like a baby version of yeah. Van Halen. There was a, I mean, you think about that type, right? Randy, Randy, Ozzy had Randy, didn't he? Yes. And Randy was the first of the sort of Eddie, 
offshoot players, I'd say, who really made it. Wasn't well, it was, he? it was sort of, it was sort of about the same. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He was slightly yeah, behind. Yeah, he was just slightly behind, behind yeah. Eddie, but he yeah. took the same techniques yeah. and and put them in. So when uh, when Randy died, Ozzy then goes off and gets Jakey Lee and a succession of people who are like that. When uh, Eddie died, when Diamond Dave splits off. He gets Steve Vai, and then when Steve Vai goes off and does whatever, he gets Jason Becker, and then All right. you know, and then Steve Vai goes off and does <coughs> or whatever he does. Or what were they called? The band with Sammy Hagar, Joe Satriani, HSAS was it? No, no, it Chicken Chicken Shack, Chicken Foot, Chicken Foot, Chicken Shit, <laughs> Chicken for Dinner. Band. Chicken what? shit. Chicken salad. because you're chicken shit, man. Axel's Mc... band, you're chicken shit. Doc McGee said to me once, he's got all these fantastic sayings. And he goes, it comes down to, I can't do his voice. It comes, it's like, here's the deal. It comes down to this. Life is just chicken shit or chicken salad. Yeah. And you got to choose. <laughs> It's one of those aphorisms <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. It's but just, at the same time, kind of I'm sitting there thinking, the, yes, yeah, Buddha. I'll have the chicken salad. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Shit yeah. salad. Let me think. Shit yeah. salad. Shit salad. I'll, yeah, have, I'll salad. have salad. I mean, you can, see him, you can see him sitting across a desk from Motley Crue <laughs> when they're saying, oh, you know, we're going to split or what, split up or whatever. And that's the sort of thing Doc would say to them. And it would mean and Mick, something. Mick Mars would just nod. Nod. Yeah. And say, I'll have to See, chicken Mick salad. Mars, you could have at your Eddie Van Halen tribute, couldn't you? <laughs> he, could do, he could do some he of the more do, spectacular solos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd pay to see that. just about makes it through the Motley Crue back catalogue. No, 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 no. You yeah. underestimate the Mars yeah. at your peril. Yeah. You know? is, he still, is he doing the gig? Because they're gigging at the moment, aren't they, Motley Crue? Having with, signed with signed in their own blood that contract that they would never yeah. play together again. Yeah, I love I love it that they actually did do yeah. that and then they just ripped it up. Ripped it, yeah, because they're Motley Crue. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's Motley Crue, Def Leppard, no, it's, is it? Poison. No. Jo- no, um, no. Is it? Yes, listen to me. Joan Jett. Oh, it is, yeah. Plus AN, other band you vaguely remember as never having made it. And they're doing stadiums That's right, around they are, America. Yeah, yeah. And Mick Mars is doing it, is he? Mick yes, is he, he is. is. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, don't, but I don't remember the news story saying he'd left Motley Crue. No, I don't. But I thought well, maybe they've got someone in to kind of back him up or something. Because he's got that, he's always going on that he's got that disease that means ah. he's never going to be able to play again. Yeah. No, he actually, yet, he actually died of that about yeah. 18 yeah. years ago. And he's been playing much better ever since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that question I think dealt with. Yeah, don't go to, well, there was a second part of it though. There was a second part. And the second part is it said this also brings up, this is from James Johnson. This also brings up the question of how some bands curate their legacy. My immediate thought was uh, what always used to be the two obvious cases to me, particularly after the CD era began when everybody was rushing Mm. to make these technically terrible reproductions of their records. Um, Black Sabbath had the worst curation Evolve. Yeah, because they didn't control any of the they didn't albums. Own so they, it. No one knew who owned them. 
Exactly. So, and who owned them? They'd, they'd be selling them and reselling yeah, them. Yeah. And so they'd come out on dribs and drabs, shitty little indie labels. Um, that went on for decades. Yeah, so I mean, what you're saying is it does depend on who's doing the curating. Yes. That's so, what it depends on. So with Zeppelin, for instance, their whole back catalogue was always really carefully curated because it was Jimmy Page. But it's also, there's not, not a lot of it, is there? You know, did, Robert Plant didn't come off and make 57 albums under the name Led Zeppelin with Glenn Hughes and Tony the Cat Martin. <laughs> yes, now listen. He should have done, you see? but he didn't. They missed a trick, didn't they? They did, yeah. The Eternal Cross or whatever it was called. Yeah. It could have been the Hobbit's Cross. Yeah. Because uh, Robert loves the Hobbit. He, so he could have got in like Ian Anderson or someone to help him out. Done a bit of the old, you know. Who are we talking guitar. now? I own your plant. Plant. Oh, if plant. Did, a plant Anderson. The reason Led Zeppelin is carefully curated is because Robert and Jimmy didn't go off and make a load of albums under the name Led Zeppelin right. with Tony the Cat Martin, right. Glenn Hughes, right. and, you know, Colin Bomber Hodgkinson or whoever <laughs> else was in Black Sabbath at the time. <laughs> Colin Hodgkinson. Really apathy, man. Colin Hodgkinson, the bass player. Yeah. Was he in Black Sabbath? No, he was only... He was in White might... Snake for about 10 minutes. Yeah. And before that, all... Camel. But he was I also think. in loads of. Did he not turn up with Black Sabbath once? It might have been like a gig where Ian Gillan played or something. And... Colin Hodgkinson. Yeah, something like that. I'm definitely right. If you look... <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. If you look it up. Oh, I that will look... definitely. Oh, I will look it up because in a Tony second. would be like Tony would do his thing with it, like he does in his autobiography. Where he just goes, oh, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> yeah, I did an album with uh, Colin Hodgkinson. I don't know why they just asked me to. Yeah, and then it yeah. came out. It was uh, Tone and Cole. Yeah, that album. Yeah. It was going to be called it? Tone and Cole, and then someone said to me, "You can have." <laughs> Double the money if you call it Black Sabbath. So I just said, yeah, all right. I said, all right, then. Yeah. Double the money. <laughs> I love I, the money. Where do I sign? Eh? Where do I sign? Yeah, they with my left hand with no fingertips. Yeah. 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 So I think, uh, what about Guns N' Roses? Right I owe me. Yeah. No, so he plays left... the guitar left-handed. Yeah, that's right. So if he plays it. Oh, I see. So the, the fingertips with... are off the right yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But he signs with his right hand, you does see. Does he? Yeah. I don't know. He probably doesn't, in fairness to tone. But uh, what about other bands and their legacies? Here's a band, I think, that it's impossible to create their legacy because they sort of don't have one in a way, but Guns and Roses. What do you do there? Well, it goes to that thing, of, you know, what what would their legacy be? It would be like... The outtakes of Chinese democracy, which well, know, that'd be another five yeah, albums. Yeah, exactly. Because he made it all like Nine Inch Nails at first, didn't he? So there, there'd be in, all that. Thirteen be, years, he made yeah, about thirteen exactly, albums. Yeah. So there'd be all that. There'd be the, you know, unending live in Brazil, live in so and so, live in so and so. I'd love to see a double album where the first one is uh, live before technology. Yeah. So we can hear Axel going. <laughs> and then live after technology where he sounds even better than I'd he does like, on I'd the like record to, i'd like to hear a series of brutally honest live albums from everyone yeah that would be great yeah that would be really good yeah i mean because you know uh like the the eagles live album that came out in 1980 
the the producer Bill, I can never say his name. Bill He said it's probably the most overdubbed live album in history, but of course we know that's not true. Judas Priest, famous Unleashed in the East, was known as Unleashed in the Studio. But the the crowd noise on Thin Lizzy's Live and Dangerous, everybody used that for years on their own live albums. In fact, when we do a live album, John, I'll yeah. be, we'll be using that, won't we? Well, I think we'll be using the applause from the, uh, you know, the Reading Hexagon appearance of Mick Wall and Francis Rossi. We'll just <laughs> append that to our own. You didn't opinion. go to that, did you? No. <laughs> what do you... What, no, I, I secretly you came. No, to no, watch you. I can't I was so remember. Desperate We're going to back see you. three years. I was so desperate to see Mick Wall. I bought a ticket. Yeah. Well, I'd have put you on to, the guest list. Drove to Reading. I'd have put you on the guest list. Sadly, <laughs> I can't, for we parking. can't. We can't. We can't offer you a plus one, no. obviously. But uh, <laughs> no, just the, uh, the reason. You, the fact that you plucked that one out because I was made me think, made me insecure because it, that was one of the what worst. What it was was it was an ironic juxtaposition with the Thin Lizzy yeah, crowd you, noise. Yeah, you, you triggered me. <laughs> you, you went to an unsafe yeah. space because there, there's a brilliant Black Sabbath live album with Ronnie Dio, where they Live uh, Evil, yeah, Live Evil, where they kind of split up while they were making the live album. So you had this position where I, I, was it Tony or someone claimed that. Ronnie was going in the studio after everyone went home and turning the vocals up. And then they were, as soon as Ronnie went home, they'd go back in, turn them back down again. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But it was Ronnie going in in the day, because he was a day person. And tone and geezer, geezer's got a great brain. Doing it at night. Going at night, because that's when the drugs come out. And I remember... Ronnie's biggest objection was the fact they hadn't called him Ronnie James Dio on the album sleeve. They just called him Ronnie Dio. Yeah. It's like the biggest diss you can give Ronnie. Yeah, Ron. that's right. He doesn't like that. They knew what they were doing. They knew what we was fucking knew what yeah. we were doing yeah. Ronnie. Yeah. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. True. So, yeah. Right, so let's get back to these. So now you're talking hot. about curation of legacy. So, oh, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so Guns and Roses, I mean, you would, you would honestly have to ask, what, what am I curating? You know, what music is there to curate? Well, Le- they need- you know, the Led Zeppelin curation that you mentioned is interesting because they, there are enough outtakes yes. and live recordings yes. to keep it interesting. But, but not just that, the actual original records. Yeah. You know, when they bring... Because originally with the, the CDs, 
whether it was Van Morrison Moondance or Sabbath and Paranoid, the fact is they were done quick, 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 cheap, 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 cheap. Just get them on a CD and yeah, sell them and for loads of money. Yeah, it was crap. Time, was it? ZZ yeah. Top, I remember, brought out a box of CDs of their pre-Eliminator albums, and I had the records, and there was no overlap. Well, there must have been some overlap, but it, did they have the right tracks? <laughs> well, the, the right tra- tra- they, they'd yeah, done so their eighties yeah, things, yeah. where so the Tres Hombres from '73. Suddenly, yeah. these drums on it are like fucking Bon Jovi. Well, you, in you know, just that your mate does all that, Stephen Wilson. It's like that thing of oh, Marillion do it all the time. They go as a reboxing of you know Holidays in Eden, the, the uh, remastered by Stephen Wilson or some bloke, you know. And you go, well, what's he remastered? What's he actually done? He's turned something up well, and he's turned something else down. I feel you go, well, you plucked the wrong name out of the box. Because Stephen well, brings a lot of... A lot yeah, of, but what's he doing? But what is he actually... All he's doing is turning one thing up and turning something else down. He's not going in with his keyboards and going, well, actually, what you need, there's a different part and I'm going to add it in. No, no. Well, you wouldn't... Well, you wouldn't want him to do that. But what oh, you might like want him to do... quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am once more. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got done a guitar <laughs> bit here. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Ma- that would Mark, be great. Um, I'd listen to that. Mark Ronson. Like, this I was years ago. Mark, I think you are going to say Mark Kelly. No. Ten years ago, Mark Ronson did a... He did exactly that with an old Bob Dylan track called mm. Most Likely You Go your way i'll go mine and it sounded like the band that was on back in black by amy winehouse you know which was his band and his production it was like that doing the original song and it it was more interesting than hearing someone remix it because we don't always know what they've done but at the same time it was bizarre yeah, and I think you've hit on something. There. Well, it's that thing of I mean, Taylor Swift's just done it, hasn't she? Because she had that royalty or the um, ownership dispute with the label, so she's re-recorded her first six. I mean, fair play if you could be asked, you know, God, re-record the whole thing. From Sharon the start. did that. Sharon did that with the first two Aussie albums. She got yeah. took Bob Daisley and. <laughs> um, Lee Kersley. Yeah, but that was out of being purely vindictive, <laughs> Sharon. <laughs> Vindictive. Yeah. Wash your mouth yeah. out with soap. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so Stephen Wilson isn't doing that. Is he? So all they're doing is they're twiddling, they're getting hold of, I suppose, the master tapes or whatever the hell it is you have now. And they're making that a bit louder and that a bit quieter. And everyone's going, oh, is it. That's is what they're better, doing. Is it is it? I can see where it was. I mean, the example I pulled there, Holidays in Eden, as a Marillion album, to be slightly serious for a moment, was their kind of was their second record with Steve Hogarth, wasn't it? And they decided, let's try and make a kind of poppier album where we've got a couple of hit singles. And you can kind of see where that, it actually sounds very much of its time because when you were making pop albums of the time, the drums did sound a certain way and the keyboards did sound a certain way because it was very much vogue at the time. So you can imagine going back and kind of messing about with that a bit or something, make it sound a bit more Marillion-y. But is that, in a way, rewriting history in a way that you shouldn't do? Well, the argument is that it's a fine balance. So what you don't want is to rewrite history. I think what you're hoping for is, you know, like when you get a a classic painting that's 300 years old or 400 years old 
and they do a restoration job whereby what they're actually doing is cleaning it up so that you can see the original colours and pigmentations. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what they do on the records, but I think that's the idea that it won't be, oh, wow. Yeah, but come on, half of these things, they spent about, you know, a million quid recording them in the first place. There's not dust all over them. They've not been sitting in an attic for 15 years. It's our ears years. that have changed. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's our, our ears yeah. that have changed. Our ears and our wallets, because we've had to buy the remastered edition. You're not suggesting to make for ourselves one feel moment. Yeah, but it's got the alternative take of, you know. You're not suggesting for one moment that evil record companies. Or does... Stomp or whatever it's called. It's got a slightly different drum pattern on, man. Some years ago. I've got to hear that. Some years ago, talking of Sabbath's terrible cure. Curation. I reckon maybe 10, I'm going to say 10 years ago, uh, Universal put out this huge box, uh, Black Sabbath, all the original Aussie albums. And it was selling for, I think, £126. And apart from the actual five, seven CDs or whatever it was with Aussie inside, there was a poster, there was a guitar plectrum, and there was an additional disc featuring interviews, right? Now, on the box, the sticker puts it in such a way that you naturally think, well, it's interviews with Ozzy and Tony. Yeah, and yeah. who would? None of them are on there. They had the singer from Orange Goblin, a couple of other blokes yeah. I'd never fucking heard of, and our old mate Malcolm Dome. Oh, but doing his Tommy Vance voice. In the last few years of Malcolm's radio career, he would talk like this. Yes, let's rock. You know, it's like, Malcolm, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, yeah. Hi. You know, so, so um, it was genuinely the worst collection. The poster was hilarious. There was, it was like Spinal Tap's uh, um, Stonehenge. Yeah. The poster, John. Didn't fit in the box. The, the poster was tiny. Oh, God. It, it barely covered my computer monitor. <laughs> is that actually a poster? Well, that, that, is there that, a minimum size for a poster? Well, that was my point. So yeah. I also went on Amazon and looked at how much you could buy the original CDs for. And they were all going for like four ninety nine. <laughs> so I wrote a review basically saying, listen, if you want those albums, you can buy them for a total of £25 right now on Amazon. Yeah, I bet you got a little box, a box set through the post from Sharon that had a special message inside for you. No, no. When you opened it up. No, no, I, I got sent the box because I was reviewing it for Classic Rock. <laughs> I get that. I'm saying and, after the review came. Oh, out. I see. No, 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 no. Uh, got a special surprise. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, uh and so I wrote the truth. Uh, <laughs> Always, as who was it? Uh, but I remember honest I, I, Brian May, honest Mick, honest Mick Wall. You see, Mick and Wall. I ended up by saying, "Look, I understand back catalogs right out, but but don't take the piss." And then, literally, about a week later, the Classic Rock Awards, I bumped into Steve Hammond, who was the bloke who does all that stuff at Universal. Right, right. Oh man, was he fucking upset with me? And he was like, well, we still sold 5,000 copies of them. And I'm like, and it's still shit, yeah. Steve. So yeah. good for you ripping people off. And uh, that was the end of no. me ever doing sleeve notes yeah, for Universal. Yeah, for you, yeah. yeah. But it this is, is a, pitiful piss take. story. And the cardboard box, in the sort of four days I had it before I'd written a review, <laughs> was starting to peel, you know, like cheap cardboard, yeah. the way they glued the edges. Fucking rip off. Yeah. 
Well, you wouldn't get that with your Zep, would no, you? No, or Metallica when they did that metal, do you know that metal box thing they did? No, I didn't get one of those, John. You, I know, because you probably, again, you've probably written an honest, honest Mick Wall type review about it. No, I'll tell you what happened there it was. Says you're not getting one. They emailed me and said, uh, we would like to reproduce. Was this the uh, special edition of Master of Puppets? I don't know. I'm oh, just, you mean the live you know, shit the metal thing? metal box thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was years ago. Um, I thought that was nicely, done. live shit, binge and purge. It's just in my head there was a metal box. I it was called Live Shit Binge yeah. and Purge. And then it was very I, good. I very much doubt that I ever opened said metal box. I absolutely I probably, can, It probably I can, went from this side <laughs> of my desk to the other side of the desk, which was a pile for Steve Sounds. <laughs> to I, sell. I very much yeah. imagine well, I can where it categorically, made, that, made that very I short journey. I can categorically tell you I didn't even get a metal box. Because what did I ever do for the band? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. And then, and then, about five years ago, I got an email saying from their office saying um, we're putting out a special edition of Master of Puppets. You know, was it from Stefan? He works in their office. No, no, he's their fan club guy, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's the office, isn't it? No, the manager. Do you think Peter Mensch? Mensch, Mensch. <laughs> I don't Does deal with, still bother with I don't Metallica? talk to the cheeseburgers and no. the little guys. <laughs> I don't talk to the troops. I, I talk to the generals. Yeah. Or in this case the general's assistant. Yeah. Um anyway, we blah blah blah, special at Master of Puppets. We would like to reproduce your original review of Master of Puppets in Kerrang. Mm. And I wrote back and said, Well that'd be very nice. I'd like the original fee. Twelve pound fifty. <laughs> <laughs> No, I said I'll have 500 quid. Yeah, nice, right. yeah. It's and not like Metallica haven't got 500 quid. Guess what they came back and said? No. We don't have 500 yeah. quid. We're on a very tight very budget. Tight budget, yeah. Metallica. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote back and said, okay, well, then you can't have the review, but be warned, if that review does appear in there, I will sue you for more than 500 pounds. And guess what they said? They said... They said nothing. They didn't get back to me. Yeah. yeah. And did they put it in? Fuck no, I don't get sent a copy of that either, do I? For all I know, they've that's put what, out a that's whole... What, that's what uh, uh, Mench's email said to his assistant. Just, just don't send box set. <laughs> It'll be fine. Yeah. Do, do you get sent... Re- I, I, no, I don't get sent nothing. Get sent, you get sent a link. Yeah. link by To a load of albums I don't want to listen to. Oh, what's that thing called? Horlicks. Fucking aptly named Horlicks. <laughs> Do you want to listen to my new? You know what I got sent the other day? The new Joe Lynn Turner album. Do right. You, oh, do I want to listen to that? Now, John Clark here says. Are we uh, still going? Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, What's the... listen? Said um, it'd be great if we could comment on recent news <laughs> regarding legendary rock stars. Um, well, here is. Uh, some recent news for you, John, a suggestion he's made. A really recent one worth hearing would be about the Pantera reunion with Phil hooking up with Zach and a few... I assume that's Zach Wilde, is it? Is anything about Pantera? This? No. Zach Wilde was in Pantera. No, hooking up with Zach and a few others because Dimebag Daryl's dead, isn't he? Yeah. And the other geezer, his brother... Right. So they need to obviously got someone to play the guitar. Yeah, I can't even Fucking hell. Have you ever heard Pantera. of Zach Wilde? I've heard of Zach Wilde. That's why I'm thinking he wasn't in Pantera. 
No, he wasn't. You're right. That's sort of the point. Oh, you want they need say, a guitarist, so he, they've, they've chosen up. Z- they've chosen Zach Wilde. Wow! Now you That's see why Zach. we don't comment you know, on recent you know, <laughs> events. <laughs> you know who they needed? They needed uh, what was that guy I was talking about earlier? Marty Friedman from, from Shrapnel Records. That's who they needed. Was he in Megadeth or something? Yeah, what someone like that. Yeah. He'd been good. That's the show. Mustaine. Now Mustaine would have been good. Mustaine would have mixed it up a bit. In Pantera. What you should do, whoever wrote that question, that's a good question, because what they should do is they should ask me. Uh, Who was John Clark? John Clark, good question, because they should ask me, and I would send good suggestions of people they should get, like Pantera Mustaine. I'd I'd watch that. I'd watch it if they got the Nolan sisters in there. It doesn't mean it's going to happen, is it? I'd watch Pantera and the Nolan sisters. I would not watch Pantera and Zach Wilde because you just think, oh, uh, you know, an absolute jobber. A jobber. Has Zach Wilde recorded one decent thing in his life? No. So why would you get him? That's my Keep going, mate. Keep going. I mean, he's fine. You know, he's fine. He's a competent... But, I mean, is he excited? It's like the Eddie Van Halen tribute. He's the sort of person who would turn up at that. And you know you who Pantera should have got? Brian Robertson from Thin Lizzy. Yeah, He's doing nothing. Mix it up. Bless him. That'd have mixed it up. Yeah. You know, you want, you want, what you want, something like that. Like Pantera, what, in seriousness, what I remember about them was there was this kind of real creative tension because uh, Anselmo was a bit of a wild card, wasn't he? Like, yeah. Unlike most front men, yeah, no. yeah, he was a bit of a handful, and uh, and uh, so if you you're thrown back into that environment, you want to throw fuel on the fire and get the creative snap back because that's what all of these bands lack. How about they they've got old and they've got rich or whatever they are, and they lack that real creative angst that you need that puts the grit in the pot. They should have got in. Uli John Roth. <laughs> that would have mixed it up. Yeah, yeah. It would have so turned into Cowboys stupid. from Heaven. You were just being stupid, whereas my oh, original okay. suggestion was good. <laughs> what, what was your original suggestion? I can't remember now. Fucking Nolan Sisters. No, it was before that. Who did I say? Dave Mustaine. Oh, I see. That was good. Because yeah. Megadeth's kind of... Yeah. Everyone's gone a bit in Megadeth. You know? yeah. But it was, the, you know, mix and, it up. And who should... Mustaine replace Ellefson with <laughs> in Megadeth. I don't care because wow. it it's just it's gone too far. Bob Daisley, <laughs> that's who he should get in. I'm telling you now, Megadeth Mustaine with Pantera would be good. It would it would jimmy up both sides. But yeah, but he's not Mustaine's not going to play second banana, is he? To no, exactly. So it's going to be you know alpha males <laughs> butting together. You and me will That's become Sven Garlies, yeah. and we will curate and form and manage a band called Alpha Male. Yeah, and we'll have a list of people that would never be involved. That's the first well, list because they're not Alpha. Yeah, it works just because they're not. You know, they're just people like Zach Wild. You just go, uh, you know, uh, okay, okay. So uh, Zach Wild, first time I met him was just after he joined Aussie. And no one believes me because obviously he changed his image. But he was teetotal, clean shaven. He just had a little bit of work on his nose because it was a bit of a ski slope before that. 
apparently, allegedly. Uh, and he was walking around at the airport. He was walking around with a bag of yogurt and raisin nibbles. Well, you'd have liked to, because that was like when you were in, you and Kirk Hammett were in your health Oh, no, absolutely. Health phase. I was like, oh, wow. Is, oh, yeah. is it organic yeah. yogurt and oh, raisin? Or? Wow. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Zach, well, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, no, so, well, you would finish the story, old man. Come on. That was the story, was it? No, he there was, was a coda. There was a oh, coda, which was I saw him about um, uh, a year or two later at the Sunset Marquee. And he was a bit wasted. He was still like that young boyish Zach that originally joined Ozzy, which he spent the rest of his life living down with the beard and yeah. the Jack Daniels. Yeah, he used to have a I'm a crazy guy. Kind of biker chain around his, yeah. you know, like he just had it to chain up his motorbike so it didn't get nicked but he had it around his neck (laughs) well he wasn't like that when he joined the band he was really mild-mannered Clark Kent you know and uh and then one day I literally bumped into him at the Sunset Marquee and he was a bit messed up did you say you got any more of those yogurt raisins (laughs) I thought what's he putting in his yogurt raisins he, he thought that was code it's like, oh, yeah, you've got raisins, yeah. No, so I'm literally saying, are you all right, Zach? You know, and it was like when you see someone who's really falling over drunk and you're like, in the middle of the day, and you're like, are they okay? You know, and uh, he goes, oh, yeah, man. He goes, I've been hanging out with Slash. I went, oh, <laughs> uh, oh. Say no more. Oh, yeah. see you in 20 years yeah. with your beard and your Jack Daniels yeah, guitar. say no more, yeah. yeah. I saw a picture the other day of the uh, the Sunset Marquee. Someone had, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't even captioned as the Sunset Market, but it was the Sunset Market. I just thought, God, it looks terrible now. Like I, the pool, it was taken from the looking at the pool with the, right. you know, the cabana, cabanas yeah. around it. Yeah. But it just looks like a kind of motel, you know. It, I tell you what is weird is in its heyday, uh, in the eighties uh, and very early nineties, the fashion people and the film people definitely made up the majority yeah and the rock people were like the black sheep of the family i stayed there october 2018 and i was dumbfounded it's now all rock all the time they've got ross's pictures up so they had a huge picture out over the pool they're everywhere john they're everywhere um they've even got a gallery where the restaurant used to be downstairs because they now have other bits that they've built on that have the restaurant. And, um, uh, and of course, it's way... It used to be cheap when I first went there. Very expensive now. Anyway, uh, one of the nights I'm there, I've got a poolside room, but it's it's two Uh, floors up. Yeah, they've built up, haven't they? Well, no, they always always did have a... It it just seemed really small. I mean, on the face, the pool looked like the kind of thing you'd have in your back garden, you know, if you... If you had a big enough yeah. back garden, oh, like a little pool, a little well, swimming pool. That would fit. The first I don't time, think I, the first changed. time I ever walked. No, I don't think it has. But the first time I ever walked into the Sunset Marquee, Bruce Springsteen was in that swimming yeah. pool. Yeah. Like, ah, that's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And Steve Van Zandt was obviously not in the swimming pool. He was in all his leathers, you know, sitting at the side of the pool with his little Steven bandana on. Springsteen was, like, was wow, always there a, for years. What a fucking I went place there. this is, you know. Springsteen but, was there in 1980, the first time I went, yeah. and I'm sure to God he was there in 91 or 92. Like, perhaps because he's quite small, Bruce Springsteen. When you see him in real life, he's quite small. It was just the right size pool. Like he go, 
I did them at 50 lengths, but really it's only like doing widths because it's quite small. And the other one that I always used to see was Michael Bolton. Yeah, he, yeah. he used to literally sit at the table by the pool all morning with a phone to his ear, <laughs> mumbling away to someone. Yeah, the hair and the yeah. phone. So in 2018, Derek Oliver. 2018, you know, I had a few wild times at the marquee. 2018. Yeah, I mean, it was a great place to go. 2018. Yes, you're back in this. Si- we all know I'm this. I'm telling you a story. Circularity. I'm sitting at my balcony on a Saturday night. It's 10 p.m. Mm. Me and two of my best buds having a few drinks, having a few laughs. Yeah. Out Telling comes a few the bloke. Stories. Yeah. Out comes the bloke from the reception, looks up and goes, Excuse me, sir. People are trying to sleep. No. If you could get off the. I'm like, <laughs> This is the sunset, sunset market. This is the Losers Hilton. People are trying to sleep. Trying to sleep. What do you they mean? didn't even put beds in the rooms yeah. when I was there originally. I mean, yeah. okay, did that that really happen? Yeah, really. 10 p.m. Well, it might have been, you know, 10.30, but it was yeah. like, it wasn't like three in who the morning. You, who were your two mates? Let well, me guess. <laughs> I bet it was, what's the producer bloke called? Kevin Shirley. No, you won't guess it. One was my agent. Oh, okay. And one was my publisher. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, right, let's get on to the next question here. Well, what's the time? I've set the alarm. Oh, okay. Wow, you're in a hurry to go, are you? No, no, no. I'm just thinking. Wow, you don't want to get you don't want to get mid anecdote and have wow. to stop the podcast. Okay, we've got two minutes. There you go. We'll save the one yeah. for next time. Thank you. It'd be See, worth at least it. someone is a semi-professional broadcaster. <laughs> well, at least someone turns their phone off. You see. Yeah, and on on that bombshell. Yeah, we wish you a merry Christmas. A merry Christmas. And a very happy new year. (laughs) Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How do I stop this, Fern?